Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Winners You Podcast and what a podcast we have for you today. This isn't just a classic N64 game, which is an admittedly small library. It's a classic platformer and very likely a classic all-timer, depending on your point of view. It's a game Alex and I have been waiting for since the Winners You arose from the grave. That's right folks, it's the 1998 rare developed masterpiece that is Banjo-Kazooie and... Just for authenticity, your intrepid hosts are coming at you live from location, currently sitting north of the border, dodging polar bears from on sledges. Myself, David Smiley, is coming at you live from Freezy Peak. And my partner in crime, Alex, although you've not moaned about the heat yet, you may not be, is coming to us live from Gobi Valley, riding a magic carpet around in temperatures the sun would be jealous of. How are you doing today, Alex? Ready to go? And what a delight it was preparing for this podcast. Oh, glad to hear you say that. Very glad to hear you say that. Um, it's just a game that I, I come back to every of oh, years. It is years. Like I don't know. I've played. I was going to say I've, I've I've played through the main bulk of it several times now, and each time it's just fun. Yeah, there's a big, a big dollop of nostalgia in there. This is mm-hmm. definitely one of like the earliest of my loves in video games. Um, mm-hmm. Again getting to an age at the time it came out where I'm sort of approaching my teenage years, being a bit more critical about things. Um, oh, okay, so I'm interested to hear about this then if because you, you, when you said there's a big dollop of nostalgia in there, I'm interested to hear the negatives, which there are, yeah, actually I can think of several, but for yeah. the most part I think it's still, I, I don't know, I reckon a, a fresh-faced gamer that isn't grizzled full of PTSD like you and I are could still have a good time with this. Yeah. I, I, you know, a lot of its strongest points are things like its personality, which mm-hmm. will never have the same effect on you 25 years later because you've seen the jokes before. Yeah. You're just so used to what the game's going to throw at you in, the, in that regard. But it still just makes me smile, to, especially those, those earlier levels. I think we talked about this when we started getting further into the game, that like latter levels just really don't hold the same amount of space in our brains for the memory of how the game goes and we had to probably look things up a little bit more and got a bit stuck towards the end but the 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 early level was probably up to like Gobi's valley just like such a comfortable place for me to go back and sit in like the music the layout of the levels i think what's first i think up to and including for the most part the haunted mansion Mm. and it's maybe beyond that it starts to get a bit 
Um, I don't know. I think it's maybe is it click clockwood? I keep getting it mixed up. That that and yeah. the, maybe the swamp level has got bits and pieces in it that get on my nerves. Yeah, the, um, I don't yeah. know. We're we're gonna get to it, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I, I, is it a hot take to say? Because it's certainly my opinion. I think this is in twenty twenty three. Maybe not back in nineteen ninety eight, but certainly in twenty twenty three, this uh, is a better video game than Mario sixty four. I think it is. I think so. At the time. We're going to get into this later, but at the time, it was definitely a mixed opinion that it was. I think there's a lot of publications around that were sort of very keen to suggest that no, it is not as good, um, or it was certainly wasn't as memorable or groundbreaking as Mario was. Because how could it yeah. be? I mean, the console's no. controller was designed around Mario, and Mario yeah. is obviously a lot more of an athletic game that is definitely harder. I think. You know, it's not a criticism, so to speak, but um, and I'm going to elaborate on this a bit later on. The difficulty of the game is not at all there for 95% of it. It's mm-hmm. A lot of it is yes. very straightforward, just kind of exploring a little bit, which again, back in the day when these graphics are mind-blowing and you know, you've, got, you've got all this time to go through it, this was one of the earliest sort of 3D collectathons in the, in the 3D platform space where that was less focused around, you know, like I say, athletic skill-based platforming and more around doing little tasks, collecting things, finding everything. Um, and maybe because that genre has soured in the minds of people, certainly with the, the ukulele coming out and just being so heavily focused on collecting things, open world games fatigue as well, like Assassin's yeah. Creed and all that shit. That's an interesting thought. I'm trying to think because I was like, why have these games gone away? Because there is a place for them. I wonder, it may be just scope. And I think the like you're talking about the become collectathons, like Donkey Kong did it on the N64. Yeah. Um, I, I, did, I don't know if you did, um, dabbled with Banjo-Tooie before this podcast. That even is quite grotesque in its collectathons. I wonder if they're I've just never finished of, it for that reason. They're their interest in expanding scope is to just give you more mm, of it it is and i'm not I, I don't know like i'm not sure these games need to have their scope expanded because i'm trying to think of like the modern the modern day sort of platform and what that looks and i think to me the best ones are probably going back to the 2d era like the rayman games mm. or what's celeste is probably another one um but none of these are like big meaty experiences they're sort of short-ish, sharp, do something really well, get in and get out. And I think Banjo probably does that for the most part. Yeah. It's... I I can't remember what my my time was in the end. Probably under 10 hours, I think, to to complete Mm -hmm. everything. Reading reviews um, that we're going to go into later, like they... uh, they were talking about how the game's like 30 hours long and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> bloody hell, how slow were you? But I guess, again, they could look things up and they haven't played it as many times as I have. So, yeah, some of the, I guess some of the magic will disappear if you've played it as many times as I have. I've, yeah, I've often I'd, been like, oh, I, I could speed run this game if I really tried hard enough. Um, it's, I, I don't know why, but it sort of stuck with me. You and I were having a conversation after the Xbox showcase and you had mentioned that you found the fable trailer humor quite grating and it's kind of i've kind of like been not just sitting thinking about it hard since then but just sort of on and off it's just been coming into my head and thinking about how difficult humor is in video games Mm -hmm. and 
I suppose it's maybe just the age range sort of thing, but I, I, for the first time, was finding some of the dialogue quite irritating. And I remember years gone by, I probably have found it quite quirky and clever is not quite the word, but engaging. And this time I was just like, oh no, I can't be, cannot be bothered with this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, again, I think ukulele's got a lot of things to answer for because, for one, it definitely made the the noises of the characters that when they talk mm-hmm. become an annoying thing. When it, I didn't think it was back then in yeah. Banjo. So I've always thought it was really funny, and you know, throughout yeah. growing up, you'd always go around to your mates, be like, go, 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 when you try yeah. to pretend to be banjo or whatever. And yeah, the, the jokes are of a time they're they're kind of like low level child friendly 90s gags yeah well that's kind of what i had me wondering because this is this is everything you've said there i think up until this playthrough i'd have 100 i'd been 100 percent in agreement with you and that they, they are fun and funny and, and yeah this time for some reason i was just like i'm just not not i'm not feeling this <laughs> i guess i guess rare weren't by the end either right they, that's why no, conker but, turned into this foul mouth 18 yeah. rated thing and I'm just also thinking, I mean, this is slightly off topic, but within the ballpark as well. I remember at the time when Portal came out, uh, it was yeah. a platoon, Steve Merchant was the voice of that wee ball thing. Mm. I, I keep thinking of it as Vital Spark, but that's Halo. Mm. Um, Wheatley, was it? Wheatley, yeah, I think that's right. I remember at the time people were talking about how good the comedy was in that game. And when you and I went back to play it for a podcast... I found him annoying. Yeah, you soured on it quite a lot. I still thought it was great, but yeah. I wonder if my, my I don't know, my patience or tastes or maybe just rerunning. I don't often watch things multiple times, so maybe yeah. I'd kind of had my... Yeah, I don't know. I need to think on this a bit more. But I just thought it was an interesting experience that I wasn't expecting. Humour is a very weird thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Peppa Pig made me laugh while I was watching it with Cassie the other day, so I really had to ask myself some questions about <laughs> what's going on in my life. I can tell you nothing about kids' TV, but sure. But the but Disney's always been very good at yeah mixing in adult jokes with the kids' bit because they're obviously aware parents are going to be watching. There was a yeah. there was one um, Joel, my one of my friends, Joel, when he, he had a, when his oldest kid was little, he was watching Peppa Pig, and there's like a scene. I need to look it up again, but there's a scene he was really entertained by where mm-hmm. Peppa Pig found like Mister Fox. In around the chicken coop, right? And he was just like he just looked like he'd been caught doing something wrong. But in the story, he was just out for a walk. But obviously, the insinuation was that he was out scurrying about trying to munch on chickens to any of the adults. There's some subtle. I've seen one with a fox, like uh, his son, hanging out with everybody, and there's like subtle hints that he, the fox, is probably going to try and eat someone at some point. <laughs> the other one, I don't, I don't know why I'm just listing. Peppa Pig oh, yeah, I'll tell you the, I'll tell you one that made me laugh in a minute. You do this. Yeah, one. okay. Uh, Peppa Pig's taking her fish to the vet, and someone on the bus goes, "Oh, can he? T- can she talk?" And she's like, "No, animals can't talk. She's silly. <laughs> she's a pig." Nice. That is weird. I did see one where they go to a vet, and they're like, "What's a vet?" And the vet's like, "Oh yeah, I take care of pets for people." I was like, <laughs> I wondered if he was going to say, "I take care of animals," and then they'd be like, "Well, you're a doctor, then, aren't you?" Um, but yeah, so in this one, Peppa Pig her dad's whistling and she can't whistle so she's trying to whistle so she goes and speaks to her mum it's like I can't whistle and her mum's like yeah me neither what is it and then Pepper tells her and her mum immediately does it she's like oh right okay then her little brother can do it and then she goes like then she calls her friend and it's like oh everyone can whistle except me and her mate's like what's whistling I don't know what that is so Pepper tells her 
And then her friend whistles, like they're on the phone. Her friend just goes, like accidentally whistles and goes, oh, I guess I can whistle. And then Pepper just hangs up on her. And I thought that was really good. She just was like, beep. I thought that's what an adult would do. That's great. Yeah. And I laughed and said to Cassie, that was funny, wasn't it? And she didn't laugh at any of it. Oh, well. So you never know. Um, I do think, I do think, although the the humour, you know, it's not going to land in our late mid to late 30s, 25 years later. Which is funny because I don't feel like I've matured in this in the slightest. Yeah, true. I guess it's it's never been hilarious, right? Most of it's just Kazooie no. calling somebody something sort of breath. Quirky. Like, breath. All yeah. right, oh, bottle no. breath or dick breath or whatever it is she calls them. So, but it gave the game so much so much more character than Mario sixty four. Mario sixty four mm-hmm. was very, you know, a very linear mechanical transition from two D to three D. Here's the two D levels. We're gonna chuck them in three D. Go. There was something quite magical about jumping at the painting so i think that it was that mm-hmm. felt next level yeah it was very light on dialogue it was very light on story as all mario games were whereas you know rare were coming at this well they came at it from a, a st- standpoint of wanting to make a, an rpg which i'm sure everybody listening to this is going to know the game was originally called project dream it was going to feature a boy called edison and his dog called dinger it was going to be like isometric <laughs> top-down Zelda clone on the snares because they all loved Zelda. Then the scope became too big for the snares, so they moved it to the N64. And they were obsessed with beating Mario 64 when they changed it into this this platformer. So maybe it was in development for like 16 months, so maybe they had quite a lot of the story beats already there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they decided they wanted to just keep it to be more of a narrative focus in it. Um, I'm not entirely sure. It is funny, actually, because the guy from Dream, the boy that they took out and then replaced with Banjo, was supposed to be like a little adventurer guy who fights pirates, and the pirates were led by a guy called... Hang on, I'll tell you. Captain... Captain Black Eye, who is the the pirate in those paintings when I when you were playing it, and I was like, who the hell's that pirate guy in all the paintings? Oh, yeah. It's the character model from, from what the prototype Banjo-Kazooie game was. Oh, great. Yeah. That's a great little nugget of knowledge. But 16 months to then can the game is is mad. Absolutely mad yeah. chat. Yeah, it's funny how um, elongated video game development has come these, become these days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was listening to a podcast just as I was making my dinner today and they were talking about how funny it was that Nintendo was so apologetic that Ocarina of Time took three years to develop. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> we heard about um, Elder Scrolls Six longer ago than three years and we've seen nothing. So I was watching um, a video today talking about how Earthbound is was this really special game, and it's not. Uh, <laughs> and it, yeah, uh, is it Iwata? Mm. He basically he came in, he got brought into the development team, and just decided to chuck the code out and start again. Essentially, mm-hmm. okay, I just like that is so rare to happen these days. Yeah, um, maybe Skull and Bones has had that happen a couple times. <laughs> Didn't look like it. <laughs> but it needs to have yeah I think that's so f- I, I kind of I'm at the point now with that game that I'm enjoying more that it's not out than, it, than uh, when yeah, it comes I out because it never come out yeah because you well you know I played it at yeah. um, Gamescom so it's probably the it's probably the only one of those games that we've played that has, hasn't come out yet oh, it must be the only one it has to be unless there's something the other that ones cancelled like Spider-Man The Division 2 Battlefields Sekiro, remember that? Oh yeah, my yeah. god, that was like 
Anyway, Fallout 76. Sorry, I'm just listening games. Oh, we didn't get to play that. They just showed us a bloody video of Todd Howard in it. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Anyway, sorry, I'm derailing pretty badly. Carry on. But yeah, I mean, for all of it, I I think Banjo uh, plays, still plays really, really well. The camera has issues, which I think it probably always did. Again, you've got a development team. With with the dog and the boy... It's not just a like-for-like character swap. No, the dog was an external companion for him. Whereas um, Kazooie, who I remember reading in a preview, you know when I was reviewing those N64 magazines for Goomba Stomp a while back, I remember reading that Kazooie was originally called Piccolo, which is weird. Piccolo. And a much worse instrument than the kazoo. Um, But apparently uh, Greg Mails, who is, I think he was one of the lead designers on it, Apologies to people listening if that's not exactly what his job was. Um, he he that again they they were obsessed with Super Mario sixty four and, ha- and wanted to beat that. That he wanted to do a double jump. He keeps saying I wanted to have a double jump like Mario did, and Mario technically didn't really have a double jump. He could wall jump, or he could yeah. jump and then jump higher. Yeah, had the triple jump, I guess. Yeah, but it was a traditional sense. Double yeah, not like jumping jump. and then jumping in the air. Yeah, no, it was more like the Olympic version. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mario yeah. Went for. Like a yeah, exactly. Um, but they yeah, Greg wanted it to be doable at any time, rather than a specific, you know, we're off a wall or whatever. Okay. So they then yeah, because Banjo was going to have this backpack on, and they knew that they wanted to have this big fat bear who's quite sloth-like. That they needed mm. to have something to help him be do all this athletic stuff. So apparently they just said like, what if he has wings in his backpack? And then someone said, oh, what if legs come out of the backpack and that makes him run faster? And then they decided, well, we need to make that another character in the game. And then everything that Kazooie is developed from there, but purely just because they wanted to have a better double jump than Mario 64. It's funny um, you're talking about that because I, I remember thinking while I was playing through this time, is like I rarely, unless I was forced to, ever walked about as Banjo. Like... I just I was always Kazooie legging, no matter what. I, I didn't see. Yeah, like, I was impressed how quickly you would you would do that. Like when you ever you smashed the um honey like the beehives, and the bees were coming at you, you'd oh, immediately yeah. switch to Kazooie to get Kazooie, to make yeah. your escape. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really um, like that. I really like that dynamic of Banjo and Kazooie yeah. and and learning the moves and getting better. Because again, that's another thing that Mario sixty four doesn't have. It's very. There's no progression of Mario in any sense other than the hats that you no. unlock. Whereas mm. Banjo-Kazooie, there's like a constant cycle of getting new things to do. Yeah. They thought more about how they could utilize the bird aspect of Kazooie in, in every single way you could think of, like eggs and flying and running and uh-huh. all that kind of stuff. So I, I really like that dynamic. And I still think that in every aspect, it handles like really, really solidly. Mm-hmm. Whereas Mario yeah, is probably quite a bit slidey and a bit off these days. Where, but Banjo, I think, is still very tight to play yeah it is for the most part um there's the odd bit that i can't be doing with the flying attacks when you're trying to kill the snowmen i found quite i found quite fiddly yeah um, I, I tell you what though i really wish that i could have recorded some of my beak bomb hits because some of them were like were fucking balling i just thought like <laughs> if you nail a good one from miles away and you've yeah. just timed it perfectly it's great but yeah if you don't it's a nightmare. Um, I even think the the, it's. I mean, I, I'm not going to go as far to say as it's really good, but I, I kind of think the swimming's okay as well for the most part in this. Um, the fact you can do a sharp turn by holding down R and you've got two different yeah. types of swim, which Mario 64 did as well. 
Um, but yeah, I think that's really good. Mm-hmm. It's quite intuitive. Yeah, I, rem- I remember playing Mario 64 fairly recently. It would have been when they brought out that collection. Yeah, same. Well, we, just, um, we both decided at the time, didn't we, that we didn't really rate it anymore. Yeah. The, I remember jump, it was the, the first level that's sort of the sunken ship. I remember doing something around there and I was having a horrible time. Whereas <laughs> I find it fairly intuitive still to swim about as Banjo and Kazooie. Yeah. And again, it swaps between the two. If you go slowly, mm-hmm. it's Banjo kicking his legs. If you go quickly, it's Kazooie's wings. It's yeah. at yeah, the forefront of everything you do that. in the game, mm-hmm. which I really like. The reason you're hearing this podcast, as you've probably read in the description, is because it is 25 years since Banjo Kazooie released in North America on the 29th of June. 25. 25 years. I remember first playing this at my mate's house, and he'd got it on holiday in France, and he brought it back, and it was like the French version on the back of the box, but you could just change the language at the start. And I was like, when he first told me he'd got it, and he was bringing it back from holiday, I was just like, what? You're not going to be able to understand <laughs> it, you idiot. But, yeah, I remember being upset, and I just... I'd go around his house and I'd have already had my dinner and then he'd be like, oh, my mum's calling me for dinner and I'd just sit up there and play his banjo game for him. It was great. Yes. Well, do you have any, do you have any like old memories like when you first played it? I, I don't even know how I ended up with a copy of the game. <laughs> Absolutely no idea, to be honest with you. Um, you had, no, you had got, an N64, I, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've, I, I had it. Because this is the thing. I've got, I'm have got. i trying to think like through my N64 days and like the games that stick out. Track and Field, I played that with friends. Mario, I played that around at friends' houses. GoldenEye, I used to play that with friends. Banjo-Kazooie, I think, was pretty much a solitary experience. I may have even been with one of my friends that was playing it and had it, which is really odd. Yeah, I think it's mad that um, I was watching the Rare, the Rare Replay documentary, little documentary things that they have on there. Oh, great. Um it's mad to think that this there. was top of the like all platform charts in the UK when it came out. Like, yeah, considering how big the PlayStation was compared to the N sixty four, for this to have beaten out things like yeah. Tekken three and all that is some doing. Yeah, so that we got it in the seventeenth of July in Europe. Oh yeah, that's another thing I was gonna say. Uh, when my mate did go on holiday and get mm-hmm. that, like, I felt like that was like a really cheeky way to like abuse the your parents let you buy something when you're on holiday as a memento of your holiday. You know, I'd come back from somewhere in the UK seaside with some like rock and maybe a fridge magnet and all that kind of shit. Or you'd go to like (laughs) Italy and be like, oh, my dad let me buy a fucking fake Inter Milan shirt from a market for 10 quid. He goes away and he gets a fucking N64 game. Like, yeah, it's my holiday present. You've abused the system here and this has changed my life forever. Because remember when we were doing the Donkey Kong stuff and I said, oh, I've got a GBA version and it's got some, it's like a fake version. I got that on holiday because I was using his method. Changed my life forever. Oh, you, you, you say broke the system. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the game's got a 92 on Metacritic. It sold 3 million units, apparently, uh, which is the 10th highest seller on the N64. And as everybody should know, it spawned two, se- two actual sequels, Banjo-Tooie and Banjo and Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, which I barely ever played, and two spin-offs, Grunty's Revenge, which is on the GBA, and Banjo Pilot. So these which are, is a, have you played any of those? I have Grunty's Revenge. I've never even seen gameplay of those two games. Grunty's Revenge was developed, I believe, by THQ, and oh. it was like a top-down adventure game thing. I remember it being not that bad at all, but it probably is. <laughs> I just remember thinking, this isn't shit at all. This is fine. I quite like this. But if I played it again now, I think I'd 
have a very different feeling to the one we're talking about. I might go and Banjo find some now. videos of that, that after this podcast because we've had a and there's there's an interesting sort of hit rate of uh, sort of hand handheld Nintendo spin-offs of big console games because like we played the Wario game that was that was excellent. Then there's there was a Mario game we played as well. I'm sure that was good. There's something else we've oh we've played some Sonic games that ended up in the GBA. Those were good. Yeah, I think it was on the GBA. And there was something else in my head Obviously as well. All the Castlevania games on there are great. The Castlevania games, yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's an untapped resource for me. Is the old that handheld. has a seventy-two on Metacritic. So okay, good. That's a good score, right? Yeah. What's it called? Grunty's Revenge. Revenge. Yeah. Oh man, Eurogamer thought it was inferior to other GBA platform releases, such as the two thousand and three re-release of Mario Bros. Three. Fuck, come on. That's one of the all-time greatest games ever made, you dicks. And it's not even a proper GBA game. That's harsh. Come on, Eurogamer. Sort your life out. Oh, it is weirdly top-down, isn't it? Yeah. It does but... this change in this Here's a rat banjo. It looks like it moves fairly fast when you're moving. Yeah. Quite slick. For the power of, the, of that machine, and it's based off a machine that's more powerful than it already... I think they actually did a pretty good job. Oh no, it, it was developed so- by Rare. Sorry, it was just published by THQ. My mistake. And what's the other one? Banjo Pilot. Yeah, I've never played that. I actually quite like to give that a go unless it's dog shit. Oh yeah, I wasn't expecting this. I was not expecting this. Yeah, it does. It looks like a Diddy Kong Racing is slapped on. That's got a lower Metacritic. That's got sixty-eight. Yeah, it doesn't look as good. I wasn't expecting that. For some reason, I had like I was thinking Pilot Wings in my head, but Banjo Kazooie. That would have probably been way better than just a straight-up racer. <laughs> yeah. Right, what else have we got? You know the um, the stop-and-swap stuff? Which is where yes. those, you find those, those eggs, eggs. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. I'm pretty sure that now works in the, the Rare Replay Xbox 360 re-releases. So does game. that unlock stuff for like Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts? Is that what that does? Uh, just between Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie. Right, okay. So do you know what it gives me? No, I can't remember. I bet because I thought I was playing it. I was playing it thinking, "Oh, is this something they've added for Rare Replay that was to do with nuts and bolts?" For some reason, I just went to that because I think it's because it Mm. said stop and swap, which sounded like some sort of mechanical shop. I think that's how my brain went there. That is fair. Um, But yeah, I don't know what they did. I remember seeing that, thinking I needed to look it up, and then then didn't. (laughs) Well, it uh, so it came about because Rare discovered by accident that if you take out an n64 cartridge while you're playing and put another one in the ram from the original cartridge is like stored on the n64 so that oh. you can they they realized you could like transfer content or information from one game to another so they wanted to have it where you could effectively like swap items between Banjo Kazooie and Banjo Tooie literally by oh taking the God. cart out and putting it in the other one. So you're just passing like eggs, like eggs and feathers and stuff like that. Is that what you're? Well, some of the areas like you, you get in them, don't you? And they've got like that weird floating egg with the question mark on it. Mm-hmm. And I genuinely can't remember what they actually do because I've never it never worked on the original ones because. They didn't tell Nintendo until after they'd like basically finished developing the game, because they'd started development on Banjo Tooie in June 1998, 
which is when this game released. So they straight oh, into the just next went straight one. into it. Well, you can in the end credits of this game as well, don't they? They start talking about oh, this is in Banjo Tooie. It's way better, and like Mumbo's going on about it. Oh yeah, they do, don't and they? And they yeah. hold he holds up that that sort of picture, and it's got them playing the those bits in it. If you've got all the jigsaws and notes. Um, uh, but when they told Nintendo this is what they were going to do, Nintendo was like, "You can't guarantee that's going to work on every N sixty four. That's you can't do that." And they had to scrap it, even though it's in both the games. But Nintendo were like, "What the fuck are you playing at?" And I think there was also concern that people are going to break the cartridges by quickly like whipping them out and smashing another one into. Yeah, the that console. sounds like something a kid would do. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like groundbreaking, weird, techie nerd stuff they figured out how to do. That was yeah, just ideas above the station there that they just were not allowed. I have some interesting stuff to tell you okay. from the reviews at the time. Now, I have basically every issue of Nintendo 64, like N64 magazine and the official Nintendo magazine from this era. That's cool. What's weird is that the official Nintendo magazine style at the time was very much like not reviewing it really at all. They just tell you loads of stuff about the game. I guess because that was the era of the time where you don't have access to YouTube where you can just watch gameplay footage. Yeah. All the medium that we had was, here's some screenshots of it. So magazines at the time tended to just like absolutely jizz screenshots all over a review and tell you about different areas and here's some jigsaws you'll be getting and here's where the notes and here's what this is and here's what that is. Like, N64 magazine still had a good page of, like, actual prose where a guy had written his thoughts in an entertaining way. But the official Nintendo magazine, the as far as an actual review goes, has a sentence where it says, you've got to have Banjo-Kazooie in your collection, sell your granny, go without sweets for a year, anything. Without doubt, this is an N64 masterpiece. Play it now and experience Banjo-Kazooie, the game of the year. That's it. Everything else is just like see in a in a now through like an adult lens i'm quite into that idea because if it's the official nintendo magazine yeah i think actually them just telling you about the game is probably more useful to me as a consumer than them because they're obviously not they're not going to tell me it's rubbish are they or did they get did they get licensed to do that well that's well it was always they, they actually had a statement in it somewhere at the beginning of every one of those issues like we're not we are official but we're not from nintendo so we will be honest if a game's crap um, it's so funny how they had to like justify the the label to make sure that they're not completely biased and basically a propaganda magazine for Nintendo. Yeah, but yeah, they gave it ninety six percent. And conversely, N sixty four magazine, the Read of Kings, that gave it ninety two percent, which suggests that they absolutely love it and they think it's amazing. But the review is really yeah. critical for a lot of it. Was like, it? Yeah, I'm gonna I'll read you some choice bits. One of the funniest things that they put in this review is that they um, absolutely hate like rare characters, which I find oh, do they? yeah really funny. So they said um, they're talking about how like Banjo and Kazooie, you have to see them as one character, and then everything mm-hmm. you know you understand how the game works better that way, and how clever it is. And then they said, and while Diddy Kong Racing was cursed with some of the least likable Muppets to ever grace a console game. <laughs> <laughs> Banjo Kazooie is stuffed full of genuinely appealing bit players and central characters. Rare's insistence on following agree with the... that. Yeah. Um Rare's insistence on following the same formula of name followed by the and then the type of animal slash thing that the character is, preferably rhyming or alliterating the two, is still supremely annoying. But the character design itself is pretty good and by the large uh, it's pretty good by and large. They talk about enjoying 
logo the toilet. They said um, there are some moments of cloying cuteness uh, and we're not sure that just sticking a pair of eyes on any inanimate object that you fancy qualifies as a characterization. But there's certainly nothing as questionable as, say, Pipsy the Mouse. Nothing that forces you to consider stopping your game anyway. Which is uh, pretty funny to think that they just absolutely hate everybody in Diddy Kong Yeah, racing. that is funny. Um, there, was, there was a bit that I was actually thinking about talking about these characterizations. I, I just want to air this because it kept jumping into my head. So every time you quit the game to main menu, it would show you that game over screen. Fucking annoying, right? <laughs> very annoying. What's Banjo's toot- Tootsie? Tootie. Tootie, his sister. So, like, she goes through that machine and then Grunty comes out like an absolute, like, witch babe who's maybe really hot. Oh, she's bodacious, right? Yeah, Mumbo comes in and tries to take her back to his hut and stuff like that. (laughs) So, are they suggesting that Tootie is that attractive or, and, like, the, the attractiveness is transferring into Grunty, or was Grunty that hot when she was younger? Yeah, we really have to hope it's the latter. It, it, yeah. Because Tootie is a little girl, so... Yeah, exactly. I was feeling, I was like, is this like straying into Ian Watkins' Lost Profits level? Because <laughs> it was making me feel slightly uncomfortable. And I was like, mm. oh, maybe she was just that good looking. But then whenever you speak to Gruntilda... She keeps talking about how disgusting Grunty has always been and talking about pants and things like that. So it's true. I just thought it was safer not to think about it, but <laughs> I couldn't help every time. I, every time I saw that, yeah, game over screen, it just popped into my head. There's something odd here happening. I'm not quite sure why she becomes so busty. Yeah, what is what essence is being stolen from Tootie? Yeah, is what I want yeah. to know. <laughs> is it her youth or is it something else more sinister? Yeah, because they do talk. I swear, there's some dialogue about how Tootie's, you know, attractive or something or or pretty. Because, well, yeah, and worse still, I would argue that even after, so when Tootie comes out and she's just like that massive <laughs> thing, she doesn't look older. She just looks like she's ugly now. Yeah. Wow. You've unearthed something there that that I didn't give enough that is, thought to. Should have been left alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, a, that's a can of worms. Jeez Louise. Right, here's an here's some more interesting stuff, right? Where they're talking about we mentioned like the difficulty earlier. This is I was really not surprised, but it made me think about it when I read this. So they said this is where they said about it's gonna take you thirty hours to play and you probably you know, you're not gonna wanna finish it or whatever. Um so they said, Yeah, it's because it's so much fun that you never really want it to be over. Unfortunately, it's the game's longevity that is probably its biggest problem. There are three ways to make a platform game hard. The first of these, any developer with three PCs in a port or cabin outside working can manage. You simply make the games running and jumping so physically hard to pull off that, su- that success takes hours and hours of patient practice and possible destruction of nearby objects, family, pets, or human relationships. For the most part, Banjo-Kazooie avoids this cheap difficulty with only a few jigsaws and click-lock wood and Rusty Bucket Bay being truly worthy of any hair-tearing. I think we largely agree there. Most of it yeah. is, is very easy. The second route to toughness is to hide your game's puzzles and objectives so well that it's quite a while before the gamer knows what to do. Banjo-Kazooie opts for this in the main, and if you're not a patient explorer, then you could be in for a frustrating time. Uh, Most puzzles are signposted pretty clearly, maybe too clearly for some. It's the final Mm -hmm. one that remains elusive. Uh, With worlds as beautiful as Banjo's, though, most people wander around with eyes like saucers enjoying the view for as, as much as looking for that last Jinjo. 
they seem to be like that's the the one compliment I keep reading in this is that they think it looks beautiful and it does look way better than Mario 64 I think in it, it like every regard however it is two yeah. years later down the line of the console mm-hmm. I think there's a good for Mario 64 had it as well so it's yeah. not a direct a direct dig but there's a there's a good sort of spread of environments as well like every every place I'd say click clock would does the seasons thing, but aside from that, it's probably quite similar to the swamp level plus Mumbo's Mountain mm. plus Freezy Peak. But other than the last that world, everything else is incredibly distinct. I think that I'm trying to think through in my head. Yeah, and it it, it does re- a really good job of like giving the illusion of larger areas that you're in, even though most of them yeah. are quite actually sort of smaller yeah. and contained. Yeah, that's true. Whereas Mario yeah. 64 is very obviously almost like a, a box. That you're just running around in a very specific part of. Yeah, yeah, Whereas that's a this, great show. Like the levels sometimes feel absolutely massive. Verticality is a big part of that, obviously. But if you think back to like the Fireland in Mario, you can see the other side of it from the minute you step into it. It's just yeah. like a square. Um, Gobi Valley is probably another one that's quite good at that by allowing you to go inside various structures as well. Yeah, and then inside the structures have got a fairly okay size to them too, so it makes the world feel a lot bigger than it. Maybe is too. Yeah, that's a great point. Here's the biggest, like, dig, right? They say, this guy's called James Ashton, by the way, and he says, what crowned Mario King of the platformers, though, was what he asked the players to do. And while Banjo-Kazooie squares up to Mario 64 in just about every other aspect, when it comes to the most important, invention, it's just not quite up there. Of the 100 jigsaws hidden in the game, only about 10 of them set a genuinely innovative challenge, something we'd never seen before. How do you feel about that? genuinely innovative mm. and again you're talking about the game that that was the like the genesis and the basis behind the console in mario 64 and then you've just got another one of the same type and now you're like yeah it's not innovative though is it try to think like as a comparison though like i think like i'm trying to think of like the the innovative there's a lot i don't know if i agree with that i mean i think i think there are they are quite for 1998 mm-hmm they are pretty innovative. There's like even there's ones like I know some of them are quite annoying, but with the is it not Clanker's Cabin, Rusty Bucket Bay, where you are having to switch switches in completely different areas of the map. I think there's the bit there's also those switches. Is it Rusty Bucket Bay with a giant boat in the middle? Yeah. In the poison water, yeah. And um, when you go into the like it's little things. Like there's the, also that button you can press where you go in and you can see the jiggy behind the glass yeah as well like and let's let's face it it's, it's not like video games are today that'll be uh that's probably just a a, re- a recreation of the, the area that won't be the actual area i would guess same like with click clock good when you're using seasons and stuff I mean, to that, like go back and forth it's frustrating at times especially if you just want to get the, the thing done yeah. but I mean that is incredibly innovative. The fact that you're yeah. you're affecting every single part of the level by doing different things in different seasons, and it bases it on what season it is as well. Yeah, and you can do something in, in one season. It's not just like four small independent areas that they're just changing the palette on. Like if you like break the rock in one area and then go to a different season, you can then interact with that area in a different way than it was before. Yeah, the little house um, is getting built. Things are. growing things are then dying in winter like they thought about every aspect of that setup they really clearly went to town and thought that was like their masterwork i reckon 
And he, yeah, and he, yeah, totally. And I even think like Freeze Easy Peak's got a lot of variation in what you can do, having to change into different animals to do different challenges, and then how um, that works when you go out of the level to get into the like the hub world, which has yeah. its own puzzles in, and also how you have to learn like leave levels to learn moves to then come back and like Metroidvania your way through. Yeah, Jiggies in older levels as well. Yeah, they said like it says even so, if you've played a reasonable number of platform games, you'll have seen most of what's in Banjo Kazooie somewhere else before. Not looking as good, certainly, but definitely somewhere else. What's the playing field in 1998? Mario 64, Crash Bandicoot. What else have we seen? Like 3D platformers. What else have we seen before here? Yeah, and we're not saying that Crash Bandicoot is even can hold that. Like when it's making you run towards the camera. It was a very good idea, in mm. my opinion. Not a very good idea, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think that's that's unfair. Like, yeah, like Mario sixty four had this magical quality to it, and and I guess by because it's an old because it came out after Mario sixty four, it's gonna ha it's not gonna have perhaps that same magical wow factor that Mario did. But that is that's like saying I don't know a new. I was going to say Battlefield game, but they are worse than the older ones. But like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. bringing it a new, like this, like Tears of the Kingdom isn't as impressive as I have, Breath of the Wild. I, and I have like seen people trying to say stuff about that as well. Yeah. Oh it's, my God. It's just the same, it's the same Hyrule again, except it's got sky and underground and craft it. Yeah. Very strange. But yeah, their sign off line for a game again that they gave 92% says, just as on the snares where Rare's Donkey Kong Country looked better than Super Mario World but couldn't quite match it as a game, Banjo-Kazooie outshines Mario only in terms of its looks. It's still a brilliant, brilliant game though, certainly the best of 98 until Zelda comes to town. You need to make the comparisons for yourself. You need this game. Which is... Like, I've never read such a negative 92% in my life. No. Um, The other thing I want to say that this sounds like such a little thing, but in terms of quality of life, it was so good. So good. Is that... Unless you were going into a level, if you were moving through doors that were causing like cuts and blackouts and stuff in the overworld, it remembered what you were doing. So if I if I went into a door with Kazooie doing the running, I was still Kazooie when I came out the door and I didn't have to redo it again. Yeah. That sounds like such a little thing, but remembering little stuff like that, I think is massive in terms of quality of life. Yeah. Also, when you were doing stuff in world, you could unlock things in the overworld and stuff like that like that, yeah that, that, that sort of stuff's great i don't know what he's talking about yeah yeah i think he's gone mad i think he he's, has he's drank that mario kool-aid and just gone he mad. really has yeah maybe that's what got him into games journalism he's got a soft spot in his heart for it or something i don't know yeah maybe <laughs> but yeah that felt that felt needlessly critical of a game you've just given 92 percent to and said he's the best the best game of the year that is, I, I, it's one of my favorite things about like old. I was going to say like nascent video game journalism is probably the right, the right word. Um, is how out of whack a lot of the stuff is. Like that score doesn't sound anything like the review. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was a bit before that you wouldn't. I don't think you would see today. It's like give up anything you can to get this game, whether it even sweets. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go, children. Here's an idea. It's funny as well that they, they they did it like in such a mechanical way to like break up the scores, which I do kind of miss yeah. sometimes. But they gave the visuals nine and said uh, stunning. If the camera was slightly better, then it would be a ten. They gave the music, uh, the sounds ten. Said superb music, effects, and atmosphere, the finest yet on the N sixty four. 
Ape for Mastery. A great game, great, but not all new. Mario invented more. Eight for lifespan. You'll hate to finish it. 40 to 50 hours, we reckon. But the most replayable platformer. Yeah, you just said it wasn't replayable a minute ago. And then, yeah. Mario's still king, but Banjo-Kazooie is worthy company for him. Ace, 92%. Jeff Gersman speaks about that. Um, has spoken about that a few times over the years. The old GameSpot reviews, they weren't allowed, they didn't put their own score on it. Yes. So what you had to do is you had the box and you had to fill in the boxes and it gave you a an average and that was the score you went with he still didn't he say he still had like the algorithm somewhere in a spreadsheet for how that worked yeah yeah so what is that total then i guess out of 40 that's what so they've taken five out off of 40 i don't, I don't think that's 92 percent of 40 no they've not nailed that no but yeah that's a funny review yeah right let's talk about the worlds and see if yeah, that brings up things that we did and didn't like and then we'll and then we will move on to the main event which is the music tier list um yes mumbo's mountain again like i said like a warm blanket to just slip into and go oh i know where every single jig is and every single note is yeah. right off back like the back of my hand i mean again piece piece of piss but i also say um it sets you up well for the rest of the game and that Every jig is quite different, so you you get the one where you've got yeah. to turn yourself into a termite. There's you've got to shoot yourself, shoot into the totem the to- totem pole. Is that the right thing? You shoot your eggs in there yeah. into their mouths. Yeah. There's the monkey ape that throws stuff at you. Then obviously <laughs> the gingos is quite different. And then yeah, I think that does a good job of sort of setting you up and letting you know how different and giving you a taster for everything that's is going to come. Even does the butt switches as well. It which, does. It does. It does like later on. having to to use Kazooie to run up the hill, or you'll slide down it. Yeah. Um, do you know what's funny is every time I go away from this game, and it will happen again whenever I come back to Banjo Kazooie in years to come. Whenever I start up Mumbles Mountain, for some reason my brain forgets, and then I go in and think that there's a jiggy you can get from that bull at the beginning somehow. <laughs> you, you 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 can you kill it? Don't think so. No, I don't think so either. I never managed enemy. Always kicked my ass. And you've tried to fight him every time, every single time. And I will Brilliant. do it next time I play <laughs> Banjo-Kazooie, guaranteed. <laughs> I will go away and give him a fight. I can remember like every single time the opening bit. You know when you turn, you know you press start to get through the intro screen, and then it goes to like mm-hmm. the Banjo-Kazooie, nineteen ninety-eight rare. I can always just remember Banjo rolling and killing that little termite dude every single time that I see it. <laughs> It's just like, it's just, yeah, bored into my brain. Did you ever turn in a washing machine? You were talking about that. Not this time around. I have done before, point. but I haven't done it on, I didn't manage to do it on this playthrough because apparently so it's does, just So does Mumbo random. just do it randomly, does he? Yeah, I think if you maybe spam, like, the changes just by pressing B over and over again, he may do it then mm. after a while. But yeah, apparently you can just kind of, like, walk about, has an attack as well. I think he opens the door. <laughs> I didn't realise it was that in depth. I thought you just had to he just changed you and then they went ha ha and then changed you back again. Maybe it's the second game where you can actually be a washing machine then. You could be right actually. So, yeah, I think well, he does just I... go Oh whoops, that's a mistake. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Because the other thing I noticed was there's a when you complete the Grunties game show thing, at the end there's like a first, second, and third prize, and one of the prizes is like a 
yeah up washing machine yeah but it's it, i was if you look at it closely it looks like it's maybe just a cauldron and they've switched the texture out because it's not shaped anything like a washing machine it looks like a like a bowl that you would jump into let's just hope that the, that was a visual gag where it looks as if grunty's just painted a cauldron white and pretended it's a washing machine yeah rather than the bad lazy game design <laughs> some of the jiggies in that first level are so fucking ridiculously easy the, the easiest one of the lot that i found so i always find so funny is you just grab an orange off a tree and then walk two yards and throw it at a monkey yeah it's like cheers mate <laughs> it's a jigsaw <laughs> And again, I don't know what the economy of this world is. For example, number one, why do you need jigsaws to open doors? Like, why? Do, where do they go when you put them into a puzzle? They just kind of disappear and fly in. And then why yeah. do, like, random denizens of, what, isolated areas inside Gruntilda's lair? Yeah, what them? are they? Are they... Has this monkey been kidnapped? Living? Are they squatting? What are they? What's going on? Yeah. yeah. And why can't he just go get the orange? I mean, he stood there, look, he could see the orange at spitting distance. And then somehow when you, you give him an orange, it. he can make a platform rise up <laughs> by leaving it, which is mad. But a fine opening level, I guess. It's, as you said, really like astute point there. that it, it, The music's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's an earworm for sure. Yeah. As is Treasure Trove Cove, which is one of, I think that's one of my favorite levels of the game. Great, it's a, it's a contender for sure. Yeah, it's a good level. I mean, I don't like the shark. He's a bit of a dickhead, but I like the burping, farting captain when he talks. I like the fact that you learn to fly for the first time. Yeah, so you learn to fly. Right, you can fly right up to the top of that lighthouse at the top. This one has a lot of, again, of that sort of um, illusion of being massive because it's you can go so yeah. high up. There's so much swimming involved that slows you down. It's got a little mini I say this one does a... Where like the first level is is a good good level for sort of giving you a taste of what's to come. This one really goes into the gamut because you're right. Like each each part of that level can feel like vastly different areas. There's what I as I find it fine as an adult, but as a kid, there's some of the platforming over the water I found quite difficult. Um, even just like the initial journey up, if you don't fly up there, the initial journey up to the to the lighthouse feels like a like an absolute trek. Mm. Um, that you can fall off and then absolutely screw yourself at sort at different points and then yeah there's like the the other thing that I like is that they hide stuff as well like so like you when you start the level there's that if you sort of look off to your right and behind you you can see that cave in the distance that you can clearly go inside yeah um you it was the first thing you play you got no idea how you're going to get there because every time you just you could just jump in the water and get attacked by that <laughs> yeah. by that shark so like as a kid there were so many times I probably Probably, well, I've got va- I've got memories, and I don't know why, because I played this game enough that I would have known I could fly. Trying to just swim there, just just try to like jump in, do the double jump thing, yeah. jump in and jump jump out and jump out, and it just, I would never make it. So I don't know why I didn't just fly. I'll need to need to marinate on that. But yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I just like how they do with this game, and even the entrance to the level is quite unique, and they don't really go back to that, having to jump into the chest. Yeah, that's quite a cool touch. Mm-hmm. And then the um, bonus overworld jigsaw gets fired out of a fired cannon. Fired a cannon, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And this is also the first time they start messing about with the sort of, well, they come back to it later in the Ouija board, but it'll sort of writing stuff on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Just Yeah, I just like the, the variety feels really great. 
yeah, this is also the first level I think where they start to um, get to play really fast and loose with how uh, eggs function and that they can apparently patch holes in leaky buckets. <laughs> oh yeah, I actually had to look that up because I couldn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I think you learned that later because you were farting eggs into everything after that. Or was that Banjo-Tooie I saw you farting an egg into something? I started trying to fart eggs into Banjo every time I saw a hole in Banjo-Tooie. Yeah. And then I, there's a bit, every time there's like a bit in the beginning where you can, there's like a cabbage going about. I kept trying to fart into the cabbage, the hole that the cabbage had come out of, thinking something would happen with that, but no dice. Clanker's <laughs> uh, Cavern, right? N64 Magazine says they saw this level at Space World 97. It's the first of Banjo's truly amazing worlds. It is, again, a really clever and inventive way to set up a level where you're just the whole focal point is around this big mechanical yeah. fish that you. They trying. do that a couple of times. Mm. Then you go inside the fish, and again, like making it feel like in the same way that the previous level feels like open and expansive and vertical. This is a much more claustrophobic sort of Moby Dick like game because yeah. you go inside him, um, and like it's, there's a whole new area, and they, they turn what is actually quite a small. Mm. area is something that feels quite intricate and something that you can and because you can sort of this is going to sound bad but because you can enter and exit clanker in various directions yeah in like eventually We've through his it. teeth there's two different yeah there's teeth you can go in through his gills you can go through in his air spout like there's so many different ways you can get in um it it feels like a more intricate level than it actually is because it's quite a simple thing Actually, it is but just a big bit of water with a bloke in the middle of it and then some yeah, tunnels around the edge and I, I also like how they tease stuff as well so like um it, it probably does it later like we'll probably we'll come to it um and rusty bucket bay is probably probably a better example of it so maybe we'll come back to it but like they'll tease you with stuff that you know that you've got to interact with but then they don't tell you and you've got to sort of go away and work out so like obviously the gold tooth mm-hmm. um and then there's like other bits. I, I'll come back to it with this one because I know that that what I'm saying is true. I'm just now trying to think of it as examples in this level, and I'm maybe not maybe not coming up because in my head the one that I'd come up with was the um, with the dolphin under the anchor. Oh and yeah. I was like the sort of tease stuff that you can see coming, and that, well, yeah, we'll get to that because Rusty Bucket Bay is actually full of it now that I've started speaking. So <laughs> yeah, I'll stop. Yeah, we'll come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, thinking of moves actually like like I although it can be fiddly at times I have actually got a real soft spot for the the green launch pad jumping thing I just there's something really satisfying about that <laughs> but I can't I can't Is this where you get to use it? Is no that's the, the it's the level before where you learn that. I think in this one you learn the invincibility feathers because you run oh, through yeah. those spinning fans inside of him. That's right. That's right. Bubble Gloop Swamp I always struggle to decide whether I like this level or not. I think it's just because of the swamp water that hurts you. I think that's what just fucks me off of it. Everything else. Oh, wait, no, not no, not just that. But we'll get into him in a minute. <laughs> What's your... Who are we getting? Mr. Vile. The man who you text me saying, I hate this guy. <laughs> the crocodile where you've got to do the race to eat all the... Oh yeah, do. he's awful. He's absolutely awful, that guy. You um you have the, the cheat button though, just like follow him and nick his turnip yeah. things or whatever you're eating. I think there's a lot of stuff I just can't be bothered with in this 
game. Like normally, like I quite enjoy memory games in video games, but mm. don't like the choir kids for some reason. <laughs> just don't like them. It's because it's so slow to go round to every one of them. And I do think the that's thing. what it, just, it is, and it's the different angle to how you see it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is because also talking about how it's so slow is every single time you want to get to Mumbo's hut, you've got to go through that stupid maze. That's why I think I don't like this level. Yeah. Um, I also don't like those welly boots. Like They're the worst power. I don't like the boots. They're hands down the worst, the worst power you've got slow, to Slow, and I hate the music as well. Just yes. like squelchy and horrible. Yes. Um, the welly boots are the only... The only power that I can think of off the top of my head that you can't cancel out of. Well, even if you press A and B at the same time. Or does it let you out of them? Because every time with the welly boots, I'd just be standing waiting (laughs) for the power to run out after I'd finished using them. I think I remembered that there was a way to do it and I was trying to press all these combos and I think I got it in the end. Uh, But that was in Click Clock Wood because there's some parts of that where you get the welly boots for ages and you just don't need it. Yeah, it's getting out of that sort of spiky vine bits. Yeah. Again, going into Mumble's hut. You just stood there in your wellies, like, so, "Hang on a minute, mate. I'll, I'm ready for what? I'm ready for your work in a moment. Just let these boots just fall away. Why? Why do they disappear? What's that all about? Don't know. I do like banjos. Ooh, every time they, you know, every time they're done, though. Nice to see tipped up as well. Obviously, yes. Uh, good character from Diddy Kong Racing, but yeah, Mister Vile, right? He's awful. I absolutely hated him. He was giving me such rage because I'm like, I'm not bad at this, but it's, it's just the amount of t- even the amount of times like you would bite one. Of, what are you eating? What am I? Is it like a tadpole instead of grumblies. Grumblies and grumblies. <laughs> um, honestly, you would bite one just as the color changed in the third yeah! version of that game, and it would just do you. You'd go and bite it, and then it would change in the middle of your animation, and yeah. then Banjo would like choke on it. Oh, I hated him. I absolutely hated him. And then he just like, did you? I had it sometimes as well. Like, I'd fail the mission or the like the challenge, and then like your punishment for failing the challenge is he comes up and bites you mm-hmm. to take some health off. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he wouldn't, he wouldn't come and bite me. So I'd be like standing there waiting for him. <laughs> come on then, to come, come and bite and me. And then, like, I'm like, and there's a couple of times I was like, oh, am I meant to move to instant? like instigate this animation to happen so I'd just be running around waiting for him to come and bite me you lucky bastard I thought I'd outsmarted the twat by being like can't bite me mate I've still got the running shoes on so I ran out the door guess what happens if you run out the door what happens fucking resets it back to the first one no I failed on the on game game number three and I thought screw this dickhead biting me that's not very nice I'm not going to play your game again we're not going to be friends and play the game right after you've bitten me you fucking animal so I ran out like gutted come back in he's like right we're playing game number one and I was like oh no I totally fucked it I couldn't believe I had to do the whole thing again outrageous I think yeah I think this is one of the weaker levels for me it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of farting about even when like even the other bit, like when you're trying to make it to the the area behind, this is you've got to get in the swampy tunnel. Yeah, mm. like the, the whole thing is just a pain in the ass. I always found that I got lost, like not lost, but I'd always have to go. When you go back to the middle part of the level, I'd always just be like, oh, I'd have to pan the camera around. Like, which direction is that fucking yeah. turtle again? Yeah. Or which direction yeah. is Mumbo's? Yeah. Yeah, there was a, 
something else happened as well. Or oh, when you've got to like go up there when they use the verticality bit when you're going up and butt stomping houses as well. Mm, I like that. Bit. It is. Yeah, that's. Yeah, because it's got. Yeah, it's also got your favorite wee jump exactly. on it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the the, mem- the memory bit in getting to Mumble's house can just get in a bin, and so yeah. can vile lad. Yeah. Uh, another one of the easiest, if you've got the the items for it, one of the easiest jigsaws in the game, where you've got to fight those dickhead red frogs. If you've got the gold feathers, just stand still and press, <laughs> turn them on, and they just why I didn't they'll just run into that. you and just die. <laughs> Cheers, lads. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh my god, right. N64 magazine. Freeze easy peak. It says, well, it had to happen at Ice World. It's Everfrost peak in Diddy Kong Racing all over again. And as a world, it's disappointingly easy. Why did they keep... Is it because Banjo's in Diddy Kong Racing that I keep... Yeah. This game keeps that it keeps coming up? Because yeah. they're not alike, those games. No, I guess it's just a rare game, and it? it must have been their previous one. Yeah. Well, just walk around as Kazooie and you don't skid around. It's absolutely fine. Yeah, that was that almost feels like an oversight that they yeah. didn't realise that you could just avoid all of the ice stuff just by running around as her. Yeah, I genuinely do not think that this level is is like too easy though, like disappointingly easy. Number one, no. surely this is everybody's favourite level in the game. Surely it has to be. It's just yeah, it's just the most Christmas thing. And it's the music is wonderful. The big <laughs> snowman's great. Complete with negligent dad. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy out getting drunk on jiggies, lying in this fucking pool of his own shit and piss. They're all at home like, where's our dad and our Christmas presents? And you have to go give them back. Unbelievable. No wonder he's called Boggy. That's where he lives. In a bog yeah. of despair. I find... The races against him. He is a. Oh, is that is that him? You do race. You do race the polar bear lad. Yeah, so he's a gambler as well, right? He's gambling away all his jigsaw yeah. pieces. What a scumbag! Do you know who I've got a soft spot for? Is that big walrus who just like Walk, yeah, runs through his life? It, every time he sees you coming, he just runs through his life, and then you turn up as a wee another wee walrus, and he's like, oh hey, how's it going, mate? You're yeah. right. And then have you seen that horrible like, bear? About? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then you go into his house, and he's like, "Ah!" Yeah, he's I don't know why I just quite like him. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That is the normal reaction for having a bear just storming into your house. Yeah, yeah. Americans will tell you that's Smash why they all stuff have up guns. and leaving. Yeah. But yeah, the races against um, Boggy. He's a right little fucking shover, isn't he? Yeah. He's a he's a like it's a real tussle up against him. I found it all the time. Like I'd have to just basically like block him off. There was one specific part in the races that got me a couple of times and it's like towards it's towards the sort of latter third where you've you've got to basically you go over a house and then take a quite a sharp right and you've got to hit the bridge yeah and the bridge is thin yeah a couple of times i failed on that yeah and that's into a water which then hurts you and you've fucked yeah that's it game over he knocked me yeah. into that one time son of a bitch yeah also does he not tell you you're too heavy or something too big to be on a um sledge the first one, yeah. yeah the first one's because you have to be as the walrus, isn't it? And the next one is you use the use the running thing. He's a he's a bloody polar yeah, bear. That's bizarre. Maybe just because he's that's one of his fucking kids' sledges, isn't it? That's why. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, he's gone out gambling with his kids' sledge again. The little Timmy's <laughs> at home with nothing to do. No presents, no sledge. <laughs> I love climbing up the snowman and then sliding mm-hmm. down his scarf to land on his 
gut and smash a jigsaw out of yeah. his mouth. That's fucking brilliant. It's so good. The, even the, I like the, the sort of Christmas tree yep. area. Because yep. that's just like, it's pretty different from anything you've done before. You've got, it basically turns into a whack-a-mole for a little bit. It does, when you've got to kill the twinkly munchers, which is, <laughs> sounds again like a bit of a euphemism. Yeah. Get your hands off me, you twinkly muncher. Yeah. I just think so much of this game is good. Like when they hide, what do they hide a jiggy in in his pipe? Is that what they do? Or they hide something? In his Something's pipe? in his pipe. Yeah, Jinjo. I reckon it's a Jinjo. You probably got a jiggy at the Jinjo. same time. Yeah, yeah, that's maybe it. Yeah, it's just it's just a great level. Only thing that ruins it is the snowmen. I reckon. I hate the snowmen. Mm. Really hate the snowmen. I hate their laugh. I hate the the fear of when you can hear that like and you can know yeah. that the snow you know their accuracy is incredible so if they throw it you are getting hit yeah I mean that is that's probably the most satisfying moment is to hit them with the beak bomb just be like yes you fucking have some yeah. of that they annoyed me more in Click Clock Wood though just because <laughs> you didn't even know they were there sometimes yeah it's just like oh come on man but we did this <laughs> and you don't even get anything for killing them all which I wasted no. my time doing I wasted so much time going to kill him outside the world oh yeah the one that appears outside the world spent so long and i'm not sure why and then i killed him and i got nothing because <laughs> yeah, you knew where the jigsaw was because you'd already hit the thing and it was already you saw it in the advent calendar it's just one of those things that obviously i just like decided in my head i had to i had to kill him for some reason like there was a reason that he had to be dead and uh, i did it and then realized it was all for naught and i was like what a waste of fucking time yeah and feathers that was and, yeah I do like how um, things spill out of the, like the enemies spill out of the level after you've done it. Yeah, it's like a, yeah, it's a really nice, good. neat little touch. Mm-hmm. Gobi's Valley is another one that I'm not entirely sure if I like or not. This one almost feels too big. Yeah, yeah I can see. I can see what you're. Too you're many things to go I can inside. See what you're and remember down where everything there. is. I think. I think I'm in the same camp as you, but I think unlike the. Swamp level, I plop down on the. It's all right at the end of the day. Mm. Um, try to think of like the jiggy spread. The jiggies are mostly pretty okay to get. Um, I feel sorry for. Is it Gobi the camel? You just got to like <laughs> batter <laughs> until he just has enough and leaves and goes goes to a new home. Who and then you just turn up and batter him again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just absolutely abuse this guy. Provide. Yeah, drain him of all his water that he takes ages to try and find. But you're right. This I think this may. I'm trying to think this. This feels like one of the bigger ones. Certainly more the one more like labyrinthine, like remembering where you've yes. been. Maybe is that's, is that's more difficult because yeah. because um, rusty bucket. No, I keep calling it rusty. Is it rusty bucket bay? The second one. What's that one called? Treasure trove cove is the second. Treasure level. trove cove is probably feels more expansive, but. Yeah. It's more logically laid out, whereas this one maybe isn't totally. so much. Yeah, everything, yeah, like, everything looks the same. It's my probably my mm-hmm. biggest issue with it. It's all just yeah. yellow everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last level's all white everywhere, I suppose, so maybe I'm chatting shit. <laughs> I do like when you, speaking of um, Gobi himself, I do like before you jump on him and get water into that tree, when the tree's like, oh, I'm really thirsty, and Banjo's like, well, feathers and eggs help can we just chuck that in your mouth but like, again just can we just shit some eggs in there will that do kind of annoyed me though that he's moaning about how thirsty he is and that's the only part of the level where there's just water everywhere like he's surrounded <laughs> by water over there. yeah just turn around mate you've got roots 
stick your toe in. Yeah, that 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 annoyed me as well later on when you've got that uh, eagle in uh, Click Clock Wood and he's like, oh, I need caterpillars and there's one behind him. Yeah, Turn around. <laughs> Do something yourself, please. Yeah, thank God there was more than 10. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mad Monster Mansion, I think is brilliant. I think that's one of the yeah, best levels in the game by a yeah, long way. Yeah, it's really good. Really, really good. Like, yeah, there's even there's bits even like towards the end when I've just about got all the jiggies that I was just discovering that I hadn't even engaged with. Because usually, like, you run about the level and you sort of earmark things as you're like pursuing little threads to get a jiggy, and then you'll see something. You're like, right, earmark that for later. Earmark that for later. Totally forgot there was a whole underground basement area yeah. until the, the end. Wine and cellar, like, oh, yeah. yeah. And then this, I still got the moment where I realised how to get onto the roof as the pumpkin because I'd forgotten completely how to do that. Oh, I always forget just forgetting where that little ramp was every time. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a cool level. And there's, again, lots of differences to it. Like, the, there's a toilet, there's a well that you sort of can go in the bucket yeah. with. Um, yeah, so this is a cool level. And he's, I think, I think, and I think I was, I was saying to you, I was considering it the other day, I think this is my favourite mumble transformation. Okay. I'm trying to think of uh, other ones. The the termite's not bad. The wall oh, the walrus is quite good. I quite like the bee purely because it's just useful. The bee was good. I and there's there's probably a way around this. I couldn't figure out how to go down. So no, like, I mean either. I'd, I'd go up and then just and be like, oh I'm too high and then just sort of have to hover around until I floated down again. Yep. Definitely. Um agree with that. I don't know there's just something about the movement that I like about the, being the wee pumpkin lad. Yeah, I do like his little hop. That is very cool. Yeah. And his little, um, the lid just keeps like bouncing. Yeah. yeah, the animation in this game is top notch. Do you have a favourite Jiggy that's jumping out? What, from this level or like in the whole well, game? Yeah, anything that's we've done cool. so far. That's, um, that's, a, that's a difficult question because a lot of them are quite... Yeah, I need to think about that because I can't even answer that question. Yeah, it's, def- it's definitely not slowly playing the same notes on a piano as a giant ghost hand that is there's no challenge in that oh yeah at least that wasn't a memory thing it was just follow him around and just do it after him i actually feel that the first thing because i was like he started and he started going and he was like oh you're too slow and i was like oh i meant to follow you (laughs) oh so you can't actually ever play it where you just wait for him and then try and remember it like a clever you actually actually have to just slow and reset oh right I think I figured out actually. You know the the ghost that is um, that wakes up <laughs> that yes. we were laughing at. Who's called Napper? Basically, he's named after being asleep. Like, yeah. That's your one function. <laughs> so much so that that's your name. Um, it, I think it's if you go on the floor, he hears you. Ah, right. Okay. That's why you've so got you... to jump across the chairs because they're. I, I guess they're cushioned. So that's how you can avoid that. Is just don't walk on the floor. That's what wakes him. Yeah, up. there's a bit. When you were watching, I, I was like poking around, walking on the floor, wondering if there was like a route you could take to get there. Yeah. But every time you step on the floorboard, it just creaks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, N64 magazine makes a good point that this has some excellent lighting effects, especially for the windows of the, the yeah. mansion that you can break. Yeah. It's very nice. And the, the bits um, if it wasn't for this, it wasn't for this level, I don't think I would have clicked that you can also break stuff in Rusty Bucket Bay. Like, you know, the burstable portholes yes it looked 3d i don't think i would have clicked with that if it wasn't for knowing that you could smash the windows in this because then you're after that i was sort of alive to looking for it which i assume is deliberate yeah i reckon so mm-hmm. 
one of those classic, isn't it? Like show, don't tell, and then let you learn from yeah. then. I will say there are far too many of the things that come out of a wall that are shaped like a dick in this game. <laughs> um, <laughs> this one has the the sort of gr- like monsters from what all of the other levels. Oh, are. so they do. But yeah, these are like skeleton that. ones, and then of course you've got yeah. the birds that do it in. Click clock wood, and you've got I think yes. Rusty Bucket Bay and Clanker's Cavern have the usual green ones. Mm-hmm. Far too many of those around this game. That seemed to be the way they made platforming difficult. It's just stick them everywhere. Yeah. When you fart those eggs into those um, plant pots in the graveyard, that's a hundred percent Grant Kirkhope going thank you. Hundred percent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it was it not quite difficult to do? Or was it just that it took up a lot of space to put audio on a cartridge? There's yeah. a reason that the carts don't have much cart games don't have much audio. It must be. And the, I couldn't it, remember what it was. It, maybe it is the the space. I don't. I don't know if the format for music is different. Once they were on CD, they had an easier way of putting it on there compared to this. I'm not sure. Yeah. N64 magazine reckons that Rusty Bucket Bay is visually the most impressive of any of the levels. I wouldn't have said that. It's very great. No, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not bad looking, but I don't know if I'd necessarily say it's the most impressive. And I'm now trying to think what the most impressive one is. Now you're saying that mm. most impressive looking one. I mean, it's probably Click Clock Wood, to be honest. Yeah, um, it's purely just for the yeah the amount of difference that they put between the seasons, I guess. Yeah, it's got quite a lot of large open bits though, where there's not a lot going on, and it's just a big tree in the middle. It's quite. A, it's quite a well. It's not because you've got to go because my assumption is the way that this is made is that they've got the same level made multiple times, mm. which is why the each area feels a bit smaller. I wonder, but I, yeah, I don't know. But it's it's more of a vertical level, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Uh, Rusty Bucket Bay is probably the level I get lost in the most. Even though again, it's mainly got like a, a centerpiece of the ship. And everything around that you could probably just do a lap and then get things ticked off. But I find myself taking the longest time on this level of everything before it. Do you think this is one of the first ones that you hit where you just don't really automatically know what everything yeah, is? Yeah, I'd say so. And I think this is probably the hardest level in the game as well because of the the bullshit with the uh, oh yeah that's poisonous hard. water and that area inside with the fans turning. Yeah. And that's if you die, the you, then if you fall down, then you've lost all your notes and got to start all over again. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I get to about halfway through the Haunted Mansion level before I start running out of sort of knowledge about where everything is. Mm. And then Rusty Bucket Bay is the first one that I'm like, I just don't remember really. Yeah. Or at least this time round that I played it. Yeah. I mean, That's I couldn't remember I how to. to save that dolphin. I had to look that up. And it's just go up the chain. Do you, I take it you eventually got the... You were When I was watching you and thought you had rage quit, you were trying to get over to the Gruntilda switch. I did eventually get that, yeah. yeah I just could not make that jump from the top of the crane over there. Yeah. Uh, oh, N64 Magazine says the ship's engine room is the hardest section in Banjo, and in our opinion, yes. unnecessarily so. It's, it's just that it's got... It's insta-death, and yeah. I can't really think of any other examples... The until the final boss does it a little bit, but the yeah the it's just insta death in a way that the rest of the game isn't. So it just goes from and yeah, and it's it's just yeah, it's brutally punishing in a way that feels unnecessary. I think is the most succinct way to put it. Yeah, like 
like reset me in that room. Fair enough. Yeah. But don't take all my take notes some, away. Give me some damage. Yeah. Yeah, you really want to do that first because Yeah. If you've collected I had like sixty odd notes. I had to go back oh. and do all of them again. Just This is yeah. this is the level that I was speaking about before though, that I, I probably should come circle back around to that it mm. does a good job of telegraphing notes. So like they, they put the ginger that you can see right at the start and mm. but they don't give you any way to get to it until near the end of the until you've like sort of worked out to shoot eggs in the porthole things um yeah and i just think this yeah. does a good job of showing you different stuff around level like i mentioned the dolphin and yeah stuff like that you can see a lot of open doors that you can sort of work your way around to and yeah and the the, the glass wall is another one yeah this this is a a cool but hard show show like give people little little clues about what you're going to be doing but yeah that, that yeah. engine room is is brutal in a way that feels unnecessary yeah, especially because when you've got the the sixty second thing afterwards, and you've you've obviously got to go quicker through a very perilous room that will reset your entire level progress if you fall. Yeah, out. That's, that's harsh. Man. And then you get out of the you get out of the room, and the, your timer is still going. And you've got to remember which direction of the ship to go to get to the jigsaw yeah. piece. This is part of the game where I started to use my save states on my N sixty four emulator quite a lot. Uh, none more <laughs> so right. than the fucking quiz game at the end we'll get to that in a minute um, Click Clock Wood I think that's I was worried that that was going to leave too much of a sour taste in your mouth for you to then come on here and say you had a really lovely time with Banjo but luckily it didn't nah, I, I'd had such a good time up to that point and I knew what I was getting into with this I knew there was a lot of faffing and to be honest the frustration that I started getting from the game was self-imposed more than anything else. So, like, I didn't have to go and get all the notes. I didn't, and by that point, oh, I I'd, definitely I'd, I'd got. I wasn't even going to get in the gym. No, you did it. You, um, yeah, I had up to that up to that level. I'd been having a lovely old time, and I'd got every note and every jiggy. I didn't need to go and bust my ass to to like fiddle about with the seasons to get the rest of them. And I actually, I topped myself out of it. I think I was, I think mm. I was chatting to you while I was playing. I was like, I'm not doing it. And then I did my old go back and do it <laughs> after I'd calmed down a little bit. Yeah, you just go dark for a bit and then send me a screenshot of having done it. I went, oh, you went and did it. Yeah. Then. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, it's kind of my own fault. I was getting annoyed at that. Um, I think the the biggest, I, mean, I guess we're going to get to it once we've finished talking about Click Clock Wood. Maybe the biggest danger of leaving a bad taste in my mouth was the. F- furnace fun section again without save states i can see how that would be total bullshit i know it was total bullshit because i've played it on the n64 hundreds of times um but yeah that's what a weird way to end the game especially because i had totally forgotten there was a time limit and i was like because I, I knew fine well that i needed to remember what gruntilda was telling me and i was like oh, i'll just look up just look up and then I just i was skimming by and then i got to the end and it was running down a timer i was like I can't look it up. I don't know yeah, what to do. Ten seconds. I just to had Google to guess it. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. But uh, yeah, click click. This got the be- the beaver's quite likable. Um, I like what it does with the seasons. I just don't like having to interact with it. Yes, I think is my problem. I think I think it's so clever, but it's mm-hmm. just in practice, it's just it's just a bit monotonous and just having to like just continually fuck about going back and if you've not found all the notes in summer and you've mm. gone all the way to the winter bit and you've got like 96 notes which is what happened to me and i was just like oh i've got to go through every season now and look for notes across this level that it takes ages to get to the top which is another thing i use save states for because yep 
I am not falling down that tree. I'm sorry. If that happens, I'm F4. Oh, Fuck it you. Was so, it was so upsetting when that would <laughs> when that would happen. Yeah. But yeah, I totally agree with you. And it's it's the, probably the only level that I can think of right now off the top of my head where it feels like the game is artificially padded. Like everything, yes. everything else in the game feels like it's got an idea, you complete what it wants you to do and then it gets out this is the first time i felt like i was having my experience artificially elongated for no point whatsoever i feel like this is the the very like closest sort of progenitor banjo tui level in this game where the tendrils yeah, are there great shout. this one's having you collect fucking caterpillars and acorns and it's four times effectively four times as big as every other level because it's there's four yep. of them this really felt like this is the first step towards the wrong direction for the, the way the game was going to go. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. I'd be interested to know about how they designed the levels. Like, was this a collaborative effort? Did someone go mm. off and make different levels? Like, who did this to us? Yeah, I mean, I guess it was a small enough team that I imagine that probably didn't happen here. Yeah. But, yeah. This is another one where... Um, you shoot eggs out your ass into a hole and a plant grows for some reason. That's right. And then you've got to come back multiple seasons to uh, water it. Yeah. And then you've it grows. You've got to interact it. with it over multiple seasons, yeah. Yeah. You do it in spring and then summer Even, you water yeah. it and then autumn it's fully grown and then winter it's dead. Just <laughs> Even um, getting to this level, because <laughs> I just couldn't ever remember how to get there. Me neither. Me neither. Um, yeah, it's because it's, it's, cause it's right near the beginning again for the jigsaw. Yeah. That's what got me. Is the jigsaw puzzle is right by the entrance to Treasure Trove Cove, which is miles mm. from where I am. Yeah. And then yeah, you've got the the furnace farm, which we've just touched on, and we should never speak of ever again because it is awful. And it's. So I used weird. my Joker cards. Uh, I think I had two Jokers by the end, and I just used them both times on the timed boss battle bollocks. I ain't doing that again. Oh. Uh. Good. I, in, I saved them up and used them all on the instant death. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to cheat my way through that, so it didn't matter. Yeah, I don't think I ever actually had to cheat the instant death ones, though. I normally got those right because they were quite easy questions. It's just, it's just the Grand Tilda ones I would always need to cheat on mm-hmm. because I'm not going to go around and talk to her sister about all that stuff. Just not. That's another thing that I think is just a bit too much. Like, if you actually, if you actually did that, Back in the day, which I guess I would have done, although I do, I do have, and for the video watchers, I do have still the official the guide. strategy guide from back in the day. Um, I guess you'd have to write it in the notes section of your book. The answers to that, you're not going to take a picture on your camera phone in '98. You'd have to write it. You're not going to Google. But it. then, chances are you don't know that that's coming up. So mm. maybe this is where the 30 errors come from because you've got to go back and find her again. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know when you've got all of them? Does she tell you when yeah. you've got her every single thing? I can't remember. It's a, it's a, it's a novel idea that, in practice, is a pain in the ass. Yeah. Although I do it's like cool the visual idea. ones and the music ones. Those are cool. Yeah. I I I also like it because like if if it comes from an era and it's like the tail end of the era where games just don't care. So like some of those. Some of those yeah. pictures that it's one you look at, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what is that? Whereas it like, the, now um, it would be really obvious. Yeah, maybe you and I went a different way. I tried to figure out the ways that had the fewest of those timed boss battle bits because I just wanted to get through it. 
and get to the. I was so disappointed when you when you go into the time boss battle and you see that that fucking crocodile pop out. Yeah, that's the oh, only no. one I did. I was like, I'm not running this risk again. Because that's even and I forget the harder hard? versions as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he goes, that's is this is that the first one you you used the the whizzy boots on? Yes. Um, and then there's the the stick in the honeycomb area from Click Clock Wood and the. The, the you're on a time limit and stuff oh, like that, so okay. yes, yeah, it's, it's more difficult. It's it's like hyped up versions of each boss you got to fight. Yeah, that's why I skipped as many as I possibly could. And to add brutality to brutality for brutality's sake, the damage you get you take on boss fights carries in the back into no, the... that's yeah bollocks. That's harsh. That is so, that is so harsh. Considering you lose life for everything that you get every time you get something yeah. wrong. Yeah, what a what a fuck you at the end of that game that is. Because the boss fight, the final boss fight, is really epic. Like, yeah, well, this is the thing is, I am. I think I said this to you in a text. This is, this is there's a good chance this is the first time I'd ever done that. Because oh, when you yeah. finish you finish the the quiz, it boots you back out, gives you credits, and boots you back out to the main menu. <laughs> so I was obviously just going, yeah, I've done it now. See ya. Does it? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Because when I played it, I remember. Maybe it doesn't give you credits. It definitely it does give you, you back. It out does to the give menu. you credits, and then Tootie basically—they're all like chilling out, and Tootie's like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, until they got away. It, fuck off. And then it reloads back up to like the main menu where you're safe. Oh, I don't remember it doing that. I remember it just making me go back to the start of the Gruntilda's lair, and I had to run all the way back. Well, cauldron my way back up. Yeah, totally, totally got me. That, and I, I wonder if that's why it kept throwing me. Because I've obviously got to the end and think thought I've just oh it's finished now, and then wandered off to another game. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I, I, I really, it's it's really challenging. Um, it is the bit at the end where you're with the big ginger. You're trying to stick eggs in the hole and the the big one in the middle. That that killed me. Yeah, that I think um, when I was a kid, I think it took me a very very long time in t- like Not months to, to do this because you get so far through it and then if you you know i mean i would have died here if i didn't again abuse save states just for the sake of getting to the end i assume you had the red health so you had double i did stuff. yeah yeah mm-hmm. but even that is fucking like it's not a lot because her fireball aiming is ridiculous i did find a way at the end to kind of run left and right quickly in between throws so that she would then definitely miss me every time. And you had mm-hmm. to wait till she shot that homing thing at you, hit it with a gold feather to get rid of it. Then there would be like a pause for you to fire the eggs in that last statue. Uh, before that, I was I just getting really greedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 brute for- I think that's how I died. And then at the Same. end, I just brute forced it because yeah. I had so much health, I could just take the damage. Yeah. But yeah, and it ratchets up as well because that... um. I'd say the first couple of phases of her are fairly easy. And then she just gets gradually harder and harder. Yeah. Yeah, get get out of the way of her on the broom. Shoot eggs at her, which again, I found quite difficult because I would be too greedy there and she'd be throwing the fire at me while I was trying to shoot eggs. Mm-hmm. I jumped off the map a couple of times. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Because there's a, there was something I could you could do. It's like It was like the speed of me trying to jump, pull the trigger and then shoot. He was... I was doing something else that was making him just go off the end. Yeah, because he kind of slides when you do the like the, the yeah. ducking thing, doesn't he? So you're probably jumping and then trying to quickly get eggs out, but you just skidded off the side. I did that as well. Um, I like the flying bit where you've got to chase around and smash her up the arsehole. 
did a really good long yeah. shot there that I, was, I wish I could have showed you. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's a, a that's a really tough bus, and and in keeping with rare, to be fair, because Whizpig in uh, Diddy Kong Racing is a fucking oh my as well. god, yeah, forgot about that lad. Yeah, although I'm wondering about. if I had more trouble with the the ice level on Diddy Kong Racing. I think I maybe did. Oh um, no, not the ice level. Surely it must have been the it was, it was the it was bloody you, octopus. Me. Yeah, oh, was that it? Was it was that the one we were watching? Oh, maybe I'd have just had a tough time with all those bosses. That lad came back when I was doing a banjo stream and said, "Good luck, Alex. Enjoy. Have a good stream." What a lovely bloke! Yeah, I forget his name great. now, but he's a legend. I love it when you. There's a couple of times you sort of in doing this, you stumble across really nice guys, and it's one of my favorite things about doing these podcasts. Yeah, is just sort of stumbling into people. Yeah, and then do a gears podcast with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do the music tier list and then? Yes, we've got to do it. Yes. Cool. Right. Here we go, everybody. It's time to get musical. I have included Spiral Mountain, so we've got an even 10 of our levels here. So here is Spiral Mountain, and then David and I will each put it in our own tier list. starts off quite simple but it definitely it definitely breaks into something more substantial after that yeah yeah are you going first i'm gonna say bit a solid b tier b spider man yeah uh, it should be in order but if for some reason it dicks it about i am in full agreement here it's like it's good and it's it's what's the word um iconic but it's not my favorite that we're going to be yeah, having it, it develops quite well these the songs have quite a lot to them they're like a the loop in these songs is way longer than uh, in diddy kong racing for example we are on to mumbo's mountain <laughs> I keep expecting it to change and it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, another thing actually. Um, this apparently is one of the first games to feature something called vertical remixing, which is where various Ooh. sound layers like fade in and out depending on your location. And I think the way that the the soundtrack of this game is like dynamic in terms of like it changes when you go in the water or somebody's house. That's one of my favourite things. Fucking brilliant. Well done, Grant. Well done, mate. It's a proper song as well. What was the game we did this to before? That was Diddy Kong. Yeah, where the loop was like 20, 30 seconds, whereas these ones go on for like well over a minute. Like it's changed again. Yeah. So one of my favourite things about this game is the way the sound sort of changes. Like whether it's this like song 
this is quite different from the beginning, but it all sort of flows together. And also, like like you were saying, when you're going into overworld, depending where you are, it it changes depending on what you're where you are in the world. Like it goes a bit sort of Egyptian when you get to Gobi's Valley and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah. But even within the levels, like you could, there'll be various versions of every single one, won't there? Yeah. Yeah, that's magic. Because you can even see it there in this playlist. You've got Mumbo's Mountain, Mumbo's Mountain Aquatic, Mumbo's Mountain Hut Area. Yeah. Mumbo's Mountain Inside Ticker's Tower, Conga's Patch, Ticker's Tower Area. Like, there's it changes over and over again. So clever the way they did that. Yeah, it's excellent. However, Mumbo's Mountain, I think, is actually C tier. Wow, okay. But yeah, but I don't think this is as good as Spiral Mountain. I think Mumbo's Mountain's theme is actually a little bit it's 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 you can hum it nicely, but it's a bit yeah, it's not as memorable. I'm gonna say it's C for me. Again, I'm not just copying you, but I agree with you as well. It's a C. It actually made me think maybe I should make Spiral Mountain an A and make it a B, but no, I'm gonna leave that as is at the moment. This is all relative, by the way, people listening. This is not a uh, you know C tier in the grand scheme of every song ever made in any no. game. This is just within the world of banjo. Treasure Trove Cove next. Yeah, this is a this is a strong one. I think it definitely sort of kicks in later on and it becomes a lot better. Well, this bit for a start. Yeah. Oh, this is great, isn't it? What are you doing with that, Alex? A. Very, very beachy. Mm-hmm. Nice summery sh- track. I like it a lot. I'm also going in as well. I hope I'm not going to agree with you the whole time <laughs> because then that's going to look very silly on my part. Rusty Bucket Bay. No, 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 Clanker's Cavern's next. Oh, thank you. Oh, I like the start of this one. Mm. The thing I like about this, I may change my mind on the quality of the song and ratchet up, but it's less the song in that, like, if I close my eyes, this sounds like the level. Does yeah, that make 100%. sense? Yeah, 100%. It's, it's, it's um, sort of attachment to the way that the level looks and feels is so, one of the most spot on of the, go- of the whole game. Yeah, it feels sort of, I don't know, what's the word? Grungy is not the right word, but it feels sort of, yeah. It's almost... It's almost like slow and dawdling because he's just like a big lump yeah. in a lake. Right, Alex. What's it going to be? I think I'm going to go A again. A? Yeah. We are going to diverge. I'm going to st- slap it in B. Okay. I think it's as good as Spider Mountain. Yeah, I feel happy with that. It's nearly an A though, 
that I'm going to go B, so I'm not the same as you. <laughs> uh, now we're on... Bubble Gloop. Bubble Gloop. <laughs> Poor start. Yeah, it's not. This is a really bad start. This is the worst one. Oh, it is quite good though. Yeah, this has got good for me. Mm-hmm. Somehow making frogs part of the rhythm yeah. section. <laughs> I'm annoyed that this level's got a great song. Not as overly as keen on this bit. What are you doing with that, Alex? Uh, I'm, I'm putting that as a B. I can't put that above Spiral Mountain. See, for me, I'm struggling. So there's a, there's, I'd say there's like a period in that song where it is excellent, but the start and the end is quite weak. Does that make? Yeah. I totally so the mid, the mid part of the song is really strong. Yeah, the mid part's the best bit. So if I'm going, I want to. I think I'm going to give it a, a B. I see. I think middle's an A, but I think start and finish are like a C or a D. Mm. So is a B like a good compromise? Sounds like it. Well, that's what I think, obviously. I'm copying you again, for goodness' sakes. What are we on next? Is it Freeze Easy Valley next? Freeze Easy. I've only just finished this game. I've already forgotten the order of the worlds. Well, you can do some of them in different orders, can't you? It shouldn't really be a surprise. This is definitely an S for me. Like, I'm not even... There's no debate here. This makes me want to wrap up someone's present and <laughs> put a mince pie out for Santa. <laughs> the opening is great. And all the while, it's got like that like sort of bouncy little floaty mm-hmm. strings bit. Like... I, I, even this. It's funny that I, th- I genuinely think, you know how I was saying it's reminding me of like other songs. I genuinely think it's just reminding me of being a kid playing this game. Yeah, totally. Right, it's going S for you and it's going to have to go an S for me as well. I really absolute. want to disagree with you. I'm trying it's my best. Damnable classic. It is. Now we're Gobi-ing it up, are we? Yep. The, the beginning of Gobi's Valley sounds really sinister. Thank you. 
I, I swing back and forth on this one. Like, part of me listens to it and thinks, ah, oh, yeah, it's perfect for the level. It's really... It's perfect for the level. I quite like it. Kind of it goes um, at a decent pace. It's almost like, yeah. it sounds like a horse is sort of clip-clopping in the background. It's feeling like it's got the least to offer, though, of the, all the songs so far. What's the Nintendo Switch version sound like? Hello. Oh, yeah. This is what it should have been all along. This is yeah. wicked. Sounds like a fucking something out of James Bond. When yeah, that's spot on. When this started, I bet you could do. I bet you you could do like a a decent. One of my favorite things you did is when you did the is it Ducktales on your guitar. Oh yeah, you could do something good with this. Oh, they nailed that. That is perfect. It's it's got it's got um. Real tones of uh, B-52's Rock Lobster there as well. What? Yeah. Uh, it's a C for me. The Switch version doesn't doesn't save it from being an also-ran. I think it's worse than Mumbles Mountain. Ooh. Okay. I think it's going to go D. I don't think I'm putting me. anything in a D, you know. I'm trying to use the... Use the... Use the, <laughs> use the whole use range. Use the scale. Yeah, yeah use the range. Um, yeah, I think it's maybe the worst. I mean, like, I don't hate the song. It's a good song. It's the simplest, I think, of the of mm -hmm. the lot. And I, I noticed within thirty seconds we were sort of recycling stuff, which I hadn't yes. noticed on the other ones. Next up, we have Mad Me Mansion. Monster, Mad Mansion. Monster Mansion. Well, there's a Switch version to this as well. Are these all levels from Smash Brothers? No, it must be just for the banjo level. They for the soundtrack they just put every single song that you could right, like, okay. cycle through which is classic Smash Bros fan service galore I was really hoping I was going to love this. Yeah. The problem is I've put Mumbo's Mountain as a C and I like Mumbo's Mountain. I've made a horrible rod from my back. <laughs> Let's have a quick listen to the Switch version. Oh my God. <laughs> that is... <laughs> Epic in a way I was not expecting. <laughs> oh my god. They make These everything way better. Amazing. This is ridiculous. Did I let you hear did um did you hear the the mum the first one we did, so this one?
Like I'm off to the the new world here. Like yeah, cowboying. Wow, un underrated brilliance in the Smash yeah. Bros. soundtrack there. There must Fucking be a playlist on Spotify, I bet you, that I could get the Smash Bros. soundtrack and listen to that at work yeah. tomorrow. Uh, I've just decided to completely uh, tear up my own rulebook. Uh, that's going D for me. Oh, yeah, it's going D for me as well. Again, it's not a bad spooky song, but no. how good is a spooky song, really? It's effective, but it's not fun to listen to. No, no, exactly, exactly. Totally agree with you. Rusty bucket time. Mm-hmm. I love these. We need to play more games with good soundtracks. Yeah. Oh, I, I feel like the way this starts. Strong one, yeah. Also, the boat's called Rusty Bucket. Imagine calling a new boat Rusty Bucket. <laughs> I might, I don't know if it's controversial. I think this starts stronger than it goes on. Fair. How does he make such? Uh, maybe it's just because we've been in the levels. But his music is so evocative of a visual. Yeah, yeah it's so good. It's not quite an A. I think I have to go A for that. There's no Switch version of that. No. Oh. I'm going to go B. Alrighty. My B's getting too big, though. <laughs> That's because it used to be a bear. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's hear it. Click, click. I can't rem I cannot place this. Um, oh, we've got a few. Which one are we going for here? I guess well, we could just listen spring. to a few. Great melody. Mm -hmm. I think this is potentially the best version of it out of all the seasons, in my opinion. It's just so bouncy and happy. This is great. This is really good. For for the whole the, the four of them as a whole, and especially the spring and winter ones, I'm, I'm gonna go S. Fuck it. S. Yeah. I remember as a kid, I absolutely loved Click Clock Wood. Oh, that was my jam. Yeah, I'm gonna go A, I think. Would you put it A? Yeah. Yeah, it's an A for me. 
And there we go, everybody. That's our tier lists. Yeah, we'll have a quick run that. through for those that are listening. Alex has got Freezy Peak and Click Clock Wood in S tier. Treasure Trove Cove, Clanker's Cabin and Rusty Bucket Bay in the A tier. Spiral Mountain, Bubblegook Swamp in B. Mumbles Mountain and Gobi Valley in C. And Mad Monster Mansion in D. I feel harsh on Spiral Mountain there, but there we go. Yeah, I think I think I went too low to... Me too. Early. Spider-Man is great. Um, my only S tier is Freeze Easy Peak. I've, I've gone hard there. And I've got two Ds. You slapped Gobi Valley in C where it made its way up down to D for me. Mm-hmm. But are largely the same. And I guess that's it. Yeah. What a game, Alex. What a lovely time we've had. And we're hopefully going to have another lovely time next time around. Yes. Do you want to, Right, so I actually need some... We're about to go and play Super Mario All-Stars next. Yes. Do we have to play every game? Because the lost levels may be ah. a problem for me. I've watched a Let's Play of Giant Bomb and it is a full of fuck you. It's, it, actually, I was thinking, I was I was doing a poo today thinking about lost levels. And I was like, <laughs> I think this is a great example of how not to make a Mario game. <laughs> It um, the, the this version of it is far more forgiving than okay, well, give the it a original go. Mario Two on the NES. And you and okay. I are definitely going to do this because we've got a few weeks now before that. That's sort of mid July. We're going to have a another draft before that with uh, KDB yep. next week. We've we've got to do it the way we do all these games, taking it in turns, and hopefully my internet allows that to happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got Super Mario All Stars coming up, which is is that five games? Is that right? Four. Right? Four. Well, Unless you've got, got the, the one, one with Mario World on it like I do. I think that brings us to the end of our journey here today. Time to pack up Mosey on home so that we can get ready for next time, as we've discussed, which is going to be Super Mario All-Stars. I'm interested to discuss our... We should do a wee ranking of them at the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. See which rank our best to worst Mario All-Stars I, games. I could tell you the order of mine right now, but that would be spoiling it. Yes, yeah, spoiler alert. I'm sure they'll be the exact same order for both of us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm actually interested in that because it's always me that's banging on about Super Mario Brothers 2. I always get the name mixed up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, not sure in your feeling on that one. It's better than Lost Levels, that's for sure. It certainly is. If you enjoyed what you heard today, and even if you didn't, please subscribe to us on your podcast feed of choice and then consider doing us a favour and leaving us a five-star review. If you prefer to see while you're here, you can also head over to YouTube channel where you can catch the video version, which is, you will find it if you go on YouTube and search for our Winners You podcast. Beyond that, we'd love to hear from you all, so please send any questions or thoughts you've got over to our email address, awinnersyoupod at gmail.com, or you can also keep up to date with the latest going on, goings on here at a winner's you towers by following us on twitter at winner is you pod or give either myself or alex a follow david smiley one and at super thrillix where you can be treated to whatever word vomit comes to our minds at any particular moment i did i was going to go and have a look through see what spurs chat you've been up to be been quite quiet mm. of late i guess you're having a break before you're in a, inevi- inevitable punching yourself in the balls over and over again although i did see Bayern munich have put in a bid for hurricane if you're on that though, yeah it's only sixty million. That he's worth far more than that. Yeah, especially in a, a Daniel. I mean, like there's the there's a player value, then there's the Premier League player value, 
And then there's a Premier League player value when you're coming out of a Daniel Levy team. So Bayern Munich <laughs> yeah. have got some way to go. A value that he do, a method of valuing that he does not follow himself by constantly lowballing every team he tries to do business with. <laughs> yeah, but you do that to us, you can get straight in the bin. <laughs> Alex, have you got any other business, or are we jigging on out of here? Yeah, let's let's jiggy on out of it. I didn't realise that uh, people call that dance when you get a jiggy. They call it the jiggy jig, which is great. No, I didn't know that either. Yeah, it's new to me. The little jiggy jig. Everybody yeah, jiggy jig yourself. I, I think um, does Will Smith's song getting jiggy with it not come around <laughs> all along around the Sierra? He probably would have been would have ended up less of a dickhead if he'd uh, played more banjo kazooie than uh, slapping people. Yeah. What <laughs> and on that bombshell, on. yeah, I've got a note to end on exactly. I've been David. He has been Alex, and we have been a winner as you. Good night, folks. A musical note to end on. A hundred of them in a level. Keep gaming. <laughs>